Welcome to Meldon Law and Friends. I am Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law, and uh, we have a great show for you today. Uh, we're really excited. Before we get into our first guest, I just want to talk about some of the promotions uh, that Meldon Law has. If you go to our Facebook page, Meldon Law, you will see that there, we're giving away tickets for the basketball game tomorrow night, the NIT versus Iona. Uh, just go to Meldon Law Facebook page and uh, enter the contest, free tickets. It's going to be a, a, a great game. And uh, look, the Gators didn't make it into the uh, NCAA tournament. However, maybe we can win the NIT. That would be something. Uh, we've also got uh, baseball, uh, Bethune-Cookman. Uh, is coming up on uh, the 22nd of uh, March, so get tickets for that. And uh, softball is coming up. Uh, we're playing uh, Stetson on uh, March 23rd, so uh, check us out. Uh, Meldon Law is giving away a lot of tickets. Meldon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, and that's how we score tickets, and we, in turn, give them away to fans. And we like to promote all the Gator events because uh, we are Gators and we love our Gators and we want everybody to enjoy the incredible uh, athletes that the University of Florida has on, uh, all the, uh, on all the programs, the men's and women's. My first guest today is Joe Cerulli, who is the founder of Gainesville Health and Fitness, uh, and Joe is not only um, a local businessman, but an internationally renowned, uh, I would call him a visionary in the health and fitness industry. Uh, welcome, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Well, I know that you are internationally famous uh, within your industry, and some people in uh, North Central Florida uh, may not know that, that uh, Gainesville Health is certainly, uh, you know, the number one uh, uh, health and fitness facility in our part of the world. However, uh, I know you've traveled around the world and uh, help others in the uh, industry uh, build their businesses and uh, help many millions of people actually uh, develop healthy lifestyles so that they can uh, live longer in a healthy way. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I have friends all over the world, people I've been able to visit all over the world, spend time with, and uh, it's just been a great experience. As a matter of fact, over the last 30 days, we've had 45 health club owners from around the nation and Canada uh, in the centers uh, having meetings. And matter of fact, I brought them here, group, big group of them. I brought the Spurriers. <laughs> And uh, it's just been a great experience all the way around. It's a, something I love, and it's, it's, I'm able to do it with people that I've been with for years and years and years. Not only staff, but members, members who have been with me from the beginning. So it's been a, a great ride all the way through. Well, let's talk about the beginning, because uh, I think I was there. And uh, why don't you talk about uh, how you wound up in Gainesville, Florida? Well, actually, I was, um, I'd finished my two years of college up in upstate New York, and, and a buddy of mine and I were going to travel around the country uh, before we went back to college. And right when I got time to do it, he decided he wanted to continue on the job that he had gotten with the city that I'm from, a little town called Elmira, New York. Well, we were first going to come down to Gainesville because there was a girl that I went out with up in my hometown that had moved to Gainesville because her brother lived here to go to school. So this was going to be our starting point. So since Johnny, my friend, didn't want to go anymore, I said, well, I'm still going to go down to Florida. I'll stay for 30 days, and then I'll go back home, and I'll go back to work and start saving money and go back to, and go back to college. So when I came down, uh, actually, the fr I, I got in here, I remember it was October 27, 1973, and I, I arrived like 4 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, you know, I went, I went to the apartment and I went to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I needed to work out. And just come to find out, her brother was a member of the Steve Spurrier Health Spa. 
And I asked him if I could go, and I, I did. And I went to the manager, and I told him. I said, look, at, I'm, I was 19. I only had $400 to my name. I said, look, at, I can't afford to pay to work out, but I'd be willing to work for free if you'd let me work out for free. And he agreed. So I worked all day. I worked uh, Wednesday afternoons and all day Saturday. And um, I did that for the month. And then at the end of the month, I decided I'd stay for 30 more days and go home at Christmas. I did. Went home at Christmas, and I was going to go back to work with a friend of mine who was a Mason. But I remember he said to me, his name was Frankie Sabino. And Frankie said, Joe, it's, look, it's just too freezing up here. He goes, why don't you go back to that Gainesville place till the end of March and then come back and we'll get back to work. And I said, fine. And that's when I came back to Gainesville, and that's the point where I never left. So did you go back to working at Spurrier's? Well, Spurrier's was being taken over by another company out of Utah, out of Salt Lake City. And uh, they brought in a new manager, and I went to work with that group. Now, if we want to continue on, over the, over the next four and a half years, uh, I ended up working for six companies that went bankrupt before I ever that till I finally got to the point where I said I think I know how to do this and I know what mistakes not to make and uh, that's when the sixth person when he went bankrupt uh, I went to him and I said um, if I take over your company would you and I form a new company would you leave me alone so I can do it and he said yes so that's when I first began. I mean, what most people don't know is I started the entire company with $1,700. Wow. But nobody knew I had only $1,700 <laughs> when I hired everybody to build it. But somehow, every week, I had enough money coming in through memberships that were being sold to keep paying all the contractors to keep building it. Until so I where could was open. the location of that? The very first one that was mine was uh, located in Creekside Mall, and we opened that one in, um, in July of 1978. And that's where it began, and then series of expansions, and then moving. Yeah, I remember it because uh, you know I I was a member very early. Yeah. I think I pay seventy five dollars a year to renew your mem- the membership. At uh, well, I honored everybody's membership from all the bankrupt clubs, and I honored it just like the original membership that you bought. So that's why we have it set up now, so that no matter what membership you have, at a at, when you're done paying for it, you can continue to pay that fee and for as long as you want to stay a member, no matter what the cost of living is. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm, num- I'm membership number 13,001. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Now, 13,000 sounds like a lot, but I doubt if there's yeah, too not, many yeah, numbers yeah, lower than no, that. No, there's, there's some, but that's a low number. <laughs> that's a low number. Yeah. Anyhow, so let me ask you, what are some of the mistakes that you identified early on when you had the you know, uh, chutzpah to uh, say, okay, I can do this on my own. Well, I think a very simple thing to see was lack of integrity with a, a lot of people that ran that ran those businesses. And, um, I mean, I, I grew up from a family where you learned integrity. You did what you say you are going to do. You didn't make, you didn't lie to people. Um, those are some real simple things that I that I picked up, but probably even a bigger thing was this is where I was probably so fortunate. You know, I come from a family. I have seven brothers and sisters, and my father was military, and my mother was a nurse, and we were a very middle class family. And whenever I thought of life, I thought of the way I saw life growing up. Until one day I was sitting in an office, and I opened up a drawer, and there was a book there. It was called The Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. And I remember just, I said, I heard about these positive thinking books. I never read one, but eh, let me read it. I started reading it. I was absolutely mesmerized. It talked about people who accomplished these great things by the way they thought. And I'm going through it, and I'm thinking, you know, I have a mind just like these people have. Why can't I do more than what I ever thought? And I set up a goal. I said, I, it was funny, I set up my first goal. And that was, I was a brand new salesperson. And um, there were probably 90 salespeople in the company from the different clubs I have. And I decided, I said, I'm going to be the top salesperson in the entire company. And three months later, I was the top salesperson in the entire company. And when I saw that, it was like, how did that happen? And I said, well, I set the goal. 
And then I started talking to successful people. I started learning more and more how to become better at what I was doing. And then I accomplished it. And then another major thing happened. I actually started making money. And, and when I started making money, I thought, this is odd. I, I never, I, once again, there's just things that are in your head. I never thought you could actually make money doing something that you love doing because I never saw that. You know, my parents and all the all my friends' parents, they all worked hard as hell. I mean, they just worked hard. But I can't tell you that when my father retired from the military that he loved what he did, but he would never stop working to take care of all of us. And so I never saw that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, you can actually do something you love doing and make money doing it at the same time. And that was another huge eye-opening experience for me. But there were also things that happened. Um, you know, I ended up living in my car. I ended up living in closed-down buildings. I ended up living in health clubs I worked in. And um, even though people say, get out of that business, it's terrible. I said, no, no, it's not. It's a great business because from when I was a little kid, I'm telling you, seven years old, I remember, my mother was a nurse. And from when I was a little kid, my mother never stopped telling me, just remember, as long as you have your health, you have everything. I heard that so much. It was so drilled in my head. I mean, I started exercising in front of the TV watching Jack LaLanne <laughs> when I was seven years old. And, you know, when I was eight, I saw guys lifting weights. When I, was, when I turned nine uh, for Christmas that year, I got my first set of weights. I mean, not only did I set up my own weights in the cellar and started training, eventually I brought all my little friends in. I was teaching all them how to lift weights. So when I went to high school, I took the entire football team to the Y to teach all them how to lift weights. So it was something that I was always passionate about, but I think it was that seed that my mother put in my head. But the other seeds were my father, and that was how hard my father worked. You know, he was never afraid of work. And I think all those things combined, the passion that I had in me, the fact that I loved helping people get in shape, has never left me. I mean, it never left me. I mean, if I see somebody doing something incorrectly, I mean, I, I, sometimes you, you may not want to go up to some people because they may think they know everything they're doing and they'll be offended if you talk to them. But most people I'll go up to us said, you mind if I show you a way you can make that a little bit more miserable on yourself, but maybe a little more effective? I still can't stop doing it, even after all these, after all these years. And, and I'm still passionate about my own training after all of these years. You, you know, Joe, I'll tell you, um, you, were, you were an inspiration to me because I saw you in your early days when you were at Spurrier's, and then I followed you over the years, you know, building – your business and, and it just is remarkable. Um, when when I was forty nine years old, I said to myself, "When I turn fifty, I want to be in better shape than I was in forty nine. Right, right. I went and I hired a personal trainer three days a week and started uh, conscientiously working uh, three days a week uh, at weight training and uh, keeping in shape. And uh, now, some 28 years later, I still have a trainer three days a week, and I still, you know, I do yoga, I do stretching, I do all these different uh, modalities to keep in shape. And uh, I often think about, you know, some of the things that I learned early on, you know, at Gainesville Health and Fitness. Well, it shows. You've done great. You look great. So, well, thank you. Now, you know, the first, I call it health club, that I joined was I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, like mm-hmm. you. The, the reason I'm here right, is the right, same reason right, you're here. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's too friggin' cold up there. Yeah. <laughs> so you go even now, you know, during the during the winters, it's brutal. I look at some yeah. of the temperatures. You know, it's like minus five and ten, and oh, it's no, really cold up there. Anyhow, we're blessed to li- live down here. Uh, I remember going into the gym. And, you know, the salesman, uh, you know, showed me around. I must have been 18, 19 years old. And, uh, you know, it was up near, nearby on the corner in a nearby shopping center. And uh, we were pretty excited. We had a new gym. I went in there. Uh, they showed me around this exercise and that exercise. And then um, I, I joined. 
I forget what it was, probably, you know, $40, $50 for a year membership back in 1960s. However, I never followed up on it. And I'd like your perspective on what have you done to encourage people to actually follow up once they join? Well, that's a humongous thing, and that's that's actually setting up the facility for, its, for so that it's easy for them to use. And uh, that starts with the counselor who enrolls them. They're responsible for making sure the initial appointments are set up and that they're brought into the center. You know, we've set up circuits of equipment to make it real easy for people to go through their routines so they don't have to think of everything. How am I going to do this? When I originally set up the gym and nothing has changed, when I first was saying, okay, I got the equipment, how do I want to arrange it? And I asked myself this question, what would my mother and father do if they walked into a gym? They wouldn't have a clue. So I set up the program that we call the circuits so they can literally go right down the line and work their entire muscular system. We teach them how to use the cardiovascular equipment. And, and actually now the thing that I'm working with my marketing department is that we have a video of every single thing inside the center that on a regular basis we'll be sending out to new members so they can say, oh, that's how they do it in case they didn't ask someone you know, how to do it. So the first thing is you got to make people feel comfortable, you know, coming into the center. And uh, I think we've done a fairly good job. Yeah, I think that. you have. I, for those of you listening and watching, I think one of the most important things is being able to show up. Uh, if people show up and then have a little bit of coaching, it, it, it really helps. And I know at Gainesville Health and Fitness, uh, you have a whole team that's dedicated to, number one, teaching people the proper way to do exercises, and number two, inspiring them to continue to do uh, the exercise and show up. Yeah, and then there's a, another component to it, and that's all the other program that we, programming that we've developed. You know, because someone may get bored doing a certain routine for a X period of time. So we've developed a whole series of boutiques in the facility, different kinds of training programs, and then we allow people to go try it out. Just try it out and see if you like it. And then just recently, we built an entire outdoor pavilion called Echo. And it's got a roof. It's 6,000 square feet. Built it over the top of a retention pond. Didn't take any parking away or anything. And now we're offering all kinds of programming out there, too including classes and stuff so the you know you can just do different types of routines is so. is that at the main uh, Newbury Road it's at facility? the main center yes wow yeah. what a creative way to use a retention pond well right? I've been trying to figure out a way to build a, something outside forever but every time I'd look I'd say I can't take away the parking I can't do this I can't put it there because then you can't get around it then just one one day I'm just sitting there and uh, I realized Maybe over a retention pond of that. Well, we're going to come back to our uh, session and interview here with Joe Cerulli from Gainesville Health and Fitness. And we'll be back in 60 seconds on Melden Law and Friends. We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law and uh Welcome to uh, our great show today. We have Joe Cerulli from the Gainesville Health and Fitness Club. And uh, again, go to uh, Melden Law uh, Facebook page to get all our free giveaways for uh, Gator basketball, baseball, softball tickets. Uh, we love to share 
tickets with you and also promote uh, the Gator events and let you know when they're going on. Uh, Melden Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, and we're very proud of it. And, hey, we're blessed. We live in Gainesville, Florida, and we got the Gators, so uh, uh, there's something to be said for uh, being partners with them. Joe, I wanted to ask you um, a question. You were talking about how you've innovated in, in different ways at the Newberry Club. What are some of the changes that have occurred as a result of the COVID epidemic, and how did you deal with all of that? Well, first of all, I prepare for things that you never know is going to happen way, way in advance of them happening. I mean, that was number one. You know, when you work for so many companies that have gone bankrupt, when you have to live under different conditions that I had living, you learn how to protect yourself. By that, I mean you learn how to save money so that when that rainy day comes, you can deal with it. So it never, believe it or not, psychologically, it never even affected me. It said, okay, maybe we can get a whole bunch of things done now around the club that may take us a year to do, but now since nobody's in the place, we can get done now. So we've got about a year's worth of stuff done in the facility in the two-month period that we were that we were shut down. It also gave me the opportunity to prepare for when the members came back, even though I didn't know the exact date. I assumed they were eventually going to get back. So the first thing I had to do is I had to do everything I could to make the environment as safe as possible because I knew people would be afraid. So, you know, you know, the first thing I did was I looked up, I said, what does NASA do? NASA can't have germs and viruses in their environment. What do they do? And I checked them out, and they have ultraviolet lighting in all of their air conditioning systems. So I had UV lighting put in through all of the centers so that the air, nothing would be able to live in the air. And that was the first thing that we had to do. Then we had to start finding things like, you know, how do you protect the equipment? So that's where we got the electronic sprayers so we could put a lot of static electricity on the equipment so that nothing could be transmitted through the equipment. Then you had to buy the products that you need to use for clean. So we got all those things set up. I mean, I, I found these, the electrostatic cleaning products, there were four, there were six 55-gallon barrels in the United States. I got four of them. Wow. <laughs> because I was the first one to start checking it all out and contacting the companies that had it. So we prepared the physical plant, you know, that, that way. As far as um, staffing, you know, which is, you know, became another issue for a lot of people, there were a lot of people in my staff that moved away, but none of my key people where I build everything from. You know, I've got a and you know this, Jeff. I got a number of employees have been with me thirty over forty years, have been working with me. That's the basis of building out a team. And you know, I think like a lot of, I mean, like a lot of companies, uh, you know, trying to find staff to hire was challenging up through December. Then all of a sudden, it all changed in January, and we were able to start filling in all the all the holes that we had, you know, in in our scheduling. So we managed it pretty well. The members were great. You know, I told the members, you've got different choices you can make going through this. And I gave them one. I said, you can continue paying your dues during this time, of which I will use it to pay all the staff, which I did. I paid all the staff, their salaries, all the way through that period of time. said, and we'll extend your membership for whatever period of time you do it. So the members were, were great, too. I mean, there were a number that canceled because they were scared. You know, they, they were, I mean... There are some people who are still very scared today, um, so hopefully someday they'll get they'll get past it. But um, we built everything, and we're building everything right back up again. So we've been pretty, we've been fortunate. You know, um, what's interesting is um, that you know we went through similar things in Meldon Law because when COVID hit. Everybody, everybody was freaking out. What's going to happen? There's no cars on the road. There, you know, we do personal injury. There's no, you know, there's, um, you know, not going to be any more business for us. And you know, what's going to go on? And uh, I was in a mastermind group, and uh, I was with 25 other uh, law firms from right. around the country. Right. We met in Atlanta uh, a month or two after COVID started, and everybody said. 
this would be a great opportunity to real scale up. Why don't we all double down, put in, you know, do everything we can to, uh, you know, increase our uh, our business and, and move forward. Sure. And it's a little bit like what you were talking about, you know, Norman Vincent Peale and the positive – the, the idea of, you know, positive yeah. thinking yeah. Uh, is that, yeah, when think, when it, when it's adverse for everybody else, if you get the right mindset, you can uh, you look for navigate You look it. for solutions. That's what you do. You look for solutions. You don't dwell on the problem. You look for solutions and how you can move forward. You know, that's what you do. That's what I have to do. And We'll continue to keep doing it. Well, you know, it's real. It's it's terrific. You know that what you've done. I've followed. You know, I've seen some of your uh, TV commercials where you're uh, encouraging people come back in the gym. It's safe. You you need to give people comfort in order yeah. to uh, return because right now, uh, Gainesville is a very uh, healthy town. It's a very scientific town as far as people mm-hmm. trying to follow the rules uh, as far as safety. And it, it was, I think, a challenge to get a, get the message out to uh, the members. Okay, we got this under control. Come on back. Yeah. And it worked for a lot of people. There were still a lot of people who no amount of logic was going to play a role in them doing anything. Um, but that was okay. And over time, more and more of the people, you know, came back. And, you know, now we're just back to almost uh, normal. How many members do you have now? We've got uh, about 25,000 members now. Wow. Well, that, that's incredible. And for those of you that don't know, you have at least three locations I know yeah, we of. we have it. the Women's Center up in uh, Thornbrook Village. We have the uh, Tioga Town Center and then our main facility on University. And um, I, I was at, I think it was your 40th anniversary yeah. uh, a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Well, and about four years ago. Four years <laughs> ago. A couple of years. That's yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was really cool because everybody showed up. That and, you know, great. it was like, okay. And, and we, ha- we haven't really touched the surface. I, I, I could go on with you for at least another hour. However, we're going to be wrapping it up. I got to get you back because, uh, you know, you're an old friend and, uh, you really have inspired me in a lot of ways. And, uh, I love what you're doing as far as, um, the folks out there that, you know, want to get in shape, uh, in, in a few words, can you tell them how to start? Well, as far as getting back in shape, if you're not doing anything, get off the couch and start walking. <laughs> I mean, that's the starting point. At a certain point, you have to go beyond that because you'll be able to walk around the world. So, you know, at a, at a certain point, you might want to increase the intensity. But if you ever want to come and check out the club, you're welcome to come in and try it. See if it's something that you, you could see doing in your, in your life. Um, no charge, no obligation for that. Um, but I would I would suggest that not only do you get the cardiovascular exercise that most people think of, but you do have to get some kind of strength training, especially as you get older. Your strength is the thing that will make you deteriorate, lack of strength, make you deteriorate the fastest, make it so you can't stand up out of a chair. It can knock out your balance. You know, I I built two rehab centers. They're called Request Physical Therapy, one in the main center, one in the Tioga Center. And it's really taken people who've been injured, but a lot of people who just because they got older and didn't take care of themselves have lost so much strength that they can't carry on the normal normal functions in their life that they want to be able to carry on. So you need to find a way to do the strength training. Yeah. So strength, flexibility, and balance all deteriorate as we get older, and uh, you can fix it. So Gainesville Health and Fitness, uh, give them a call or just stop by uh, one of their three locations. Believe me, they're the top people um, not only in Gainesville but in the world. So you go there. Joe Cerulli and his team are incredible. And I would love to uh, get some feedback uh, from you all after you go. And uh, all of a sudden, you get your health back uh, on track and uh, your life's going in the right direction. Yeah, and if you go to ghfc.com, you can actually see a video of the centers. we got complete videos. They can learn about programming before they ever even think about coming into the center. Well, thank you very much, Joe Cerulli from Gainesville Health. Uh, Our listeners and uh, viewers, please follow up 
Uh, I promise it'll be the best investment you ever make in your life. And we're going to be back in three minutes on Melden Law and Friends. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This lady here, this crazy lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gator. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and uh, we've got another great uh, couple of guests coming up. Uh, last time, uh, last segment, we had Joe Cerulli from Gainesville Health, and uh, now we have Helen Hayes and Lauren Federico here, and they're going to talk about Project Connect. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so <laughs> who wants to go first here and talk a little bit about Project Connect? I can go first. Um, so Project Connect, um, we were founded actually in 2013. Uh, we are an aftercare service provider contracted through Department of Juvenile Justice. 
Um, we serve at-risk youth anywhere from 11 years old until 21 years old, um, male and female. Um, we help them get enrolled in school, look for jobs, obtain employment. Um, we set them up with uh, their traffic law and substance abuse courses, um, food handlers, anything that we can do to make them successful in the community. Um, we link them with um, a career source. Um, go ahead, Helen. Oh. <laughs> so what we do is uh, once we get a youth, whether they're on probation or if they're coming out of a program, which we, uh, the terminology is post-commitment probation, what we do is we bring them in and we do an intake on them. And during the intake, it's a pretty extensive process where we find out a lot about the youth. Mm -hmm. We find out about their needs. We find out, you know, their living arrangements, uh, their schooling. So we have four domains that we cover. The first one is education, which is the most important. So without a good education, the doors will not open for them. So we determine, is this youth able to go back into the normal school setting? Or do they need to be into like a private type of school? Or if they're 16 and up, we can go ahead and put them in the state college where they can get their GED, which is a high school diploma. They'll just go through the adult GED um, education. Once we do that and we make that determination, then we also have other programs like the Navigators programs where they will get a scholarship once they get a high school diploma, then they will move on to a technical college where they can go into like HVAC, mechanic. There's 13 of them that they can qualify for that they will be paid for for free and they will get paid $270 a week as a, a paycheck. And then they'll also have a mentor, they'll have a case manager and once they graduate, then they will be placed into a full-time job. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. okay. How did you all get into this? So we are part of Twin Oaks Juvenile Development, um, and we have commitment programs all in the panhandle of Florida. Um, so we wanted to do something with aftercare. We wanted to do something mm -hmm. with kids that are in the community, transitioning them from residential back into the community. So that's when Project Connect came aboard. <laughs> now you say transitioning them mm -hmm. from residential back into the community. Mm -hmm. That means they were they had to be taken from the home because of circumstances that were unfavorable for their development. Yes. So they obtained new law charges, anything like that, and they were committed to these residential facilities. Okay. So while they're in the residential facilities, they are, they're in school, they're receiving counseling services, and then we transition them back into the community. So this, this is a lot of the uh, students that you work with mm -hmm. have gotten into the juvenile justice system. They're all in Correct. the system. They're all in all the system. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. have either one of you been a juvenile probation officer? I used to be a contracted juvenile probation case manager, which is kind of the same thing. Um, um, the last, the first agency I worked for, uh, we were probation officers and aftercare. So we kind of did a little bit of both. Well, there's a secret <laughs> that nobody knows. A few, very few people know. After I graduated law school, I was a juvenile probation officer oh for wow. one year. And I worked in the inner city in Cleveland, Ohio. Nice. And, uh, you know, they gave me a badge and a gun. <laughs> And oh, <laughs> I, didn't, gun. I, I gave him back the gun because I said nothing good would happen with the gun, but uh, you know, at least not with me. But yeah, I got to um, experience a lot at a fairly um, early age as yeah. far as uh, the conditions that mm -hmm. people would um, were living under because I had to do the investigation right. mm -hmm. uh, and report to the judge what the circumstances were that mm -hmm. the kids were living under. And uh, you can imagine it in a large area like Cleveland, some of the kids getting in trouble from, were from you know, middle-class neighborhoods, but a lot of them weren't. And right. uh, we had to figure out ways to report to the judge. And my, my approach is always come up with some positive suggestions uh, rather than just, you know, put them in the juvenile home. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, lot, a lot of that uh, still resonates because I've always tried to support helping kids at risk, and it sounds yeah. like you're on the forefront of doing we that. We are. We are. 
um, every year, you know, we try and do Christmas, Thanksgiving, any youth that we, so in our area, we serve um, circuits five and seven. Um, and we have circuits about, five and seven. Um, so like Daytona's Daytona, in circuit seven, yes. Ocala's circuit five, yes. right? Yes, okay. that's the North so, Central. I know area. that because I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we were testing you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so that's the North Central area. Northeast area is circuits five, I'm sorry, circuits three, four, and eight. So Gainesville, um, Jacksonville, um, and then um, we have the Panhandle, one, two, and 14. And that's considered Northwest. Um, but here in North Central, um, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, we try and do as many donations as possible. Um, we reach out to our community partners. Um, we get turkeys. We get monetary donations so we can purchase turkeys for kids that don't have Thanksgiving dinners. We try and get Christmas gifts for every single one of our kids that we serve. Um, we have about, I think last year, we bought about 95 presents for our kids. Mm -hmm. So we try and do as much as we can. We want to grow that. We want to do back to school, you know, backpacks. And, you know, if a youth needs a ride um, to a job and they don't have transportation, we want to be able to buy them a bicycle, work clothes, school clothes, hygiene products, anything like that. So You know, it's amazing. People don't realize what it takes sometimes to get um, a young person in a position where they can succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, little things that we take for granted oftentimes are obstacles mm -hmm. uh, to kids succeeding. I can't get right. to work. You know, I don't have health products I need. I'm, uh, I'm starving to death mm -hmm. and I can't, you know, concentrate because all I can think about is where am I going to get some food. Yeah. Right. And so those are some of the things that you guys deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Daily, yes. So we do more than just transition services. You know, we mm -hmm. try and make sure our kids are taken care of. And if they're not, we give them link resources around the community. We reach out to our community and give them what they need. So now, uh, can you tell me um, a little bit about what you do day to day, each of you? Uh, tell us, like, what are the things you're focused in on a daily basis. I'll let Helen do that. She yeah. is in the field working with the kids every day. I'm the supervisor, so let's start with Helen. <laughs> you see how she does me here. I like it. Yeah. I like it. That she's directing here. Okay. So on the day-to-day, -day, um, we have to see our youth once a week, and a lot of times we'll, we'll see them more than once. It all depends on what's going on with them. So um, we'll go and do a visit, whether it's at home, or if we go and see them in school. So we'll address school. So I go and see them at school, I pull their grades, I talk to their deans, I talk to them, find out what's going on, what do they need, do they need a tutor? So we have some really good life coaches that we're gonna hit upon. Mm -hmm. uh, one of your employees, Belinda, we love her. <laughs> we do yeah, love Belinda's her. Belinda's amazing, isn't oh, she? Oh gosh, she is I mean, so she's amazing. Got, she's raising four kids, she's taking care of her mom and dad, mm -hmm. she's taking care of this, and she does a great job at work. It's like, uh, it's, uh, um, I, I, I respect mothers so much, <laughs> <Yes>. okay? <laughs> That's a whole full-time job, but yeah, she's been a blessing since she's come on board with us, mm -hmm. and like we did like a clothing drive, because we have kids that had no clothes, and they didn't want to go to school. They were like, they don't want to be made fun of, they don't want to be bullied, and so we did a big clothing drive, and Belinda was a big part of that. She really um, helped us get a lot of school clothing to be able to give to these kids that they had something nice to wear, mm -hmm. you know, and so... Um, once we're in the school, we find out what's going on. A lot of times there's behavioral issues because they don't have any hygiene products. They don't, And I carry so much stuff in the back of my car. If you looked at it right now, I have boxes of food because they are hungry like what you brought up. And uh, we work really closely with the school and, and other partners in the community, and they have bags of food that they give the kids every day to take home. But we try to, like, conceal it in a bag so that people don't make fun of them because they don't have food, you know, and you shouldn't. you should never be – embarrassed about you know being poor okay because i think we've all been there wondering where our next meal is going to come from you know but kids seem to have a tendency of of um making fun of others so we try to like get around that and then once we find out what's going on with that youth then we start doing the work and start setting them up with you know certain entities to try to alleviate some of that stress that they're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis 
other youth we go into their home and of course you know they they don't a lot of them don't want you to come to their home because they're embarrassed on what their home life looks like and we go in very non-judgmental okay we try to make them you know understand it doesn't matter you know as long as you have a place to lay your head and um you know you got clean clothes to wear we're gonna all of the outside stuff doesn't matter at that point you try to like kind of help them out to understand okay you're here but you can move yourself all the way up with hard work, you know. And so basically that's what we do. Or like I get calls in the middle of the night. A kid is in crisis. They need someone to talk to. They just need you to be their sounding board. You know, there's so many different things that happen on a daily basis. You know, it must be very challenging because a lot of these kids have fairly low esteem because they yes. haven't had the parental support. That, mm-hmm. And that's why they wind, wind up getting in trouble. How do you deal with... Uh, you know, trying to encourage them to uh, have better self-esteem and, and want to achieve goals that uh, they may not even think are possible. Well, the first thing I always tell our kids is that I always tell them, you matter, okay? And I just want to bring up something that I am so grateful to you for, is that you have no idea, I don't want to get emotional, the impact that you had on those kids when you provided those tickets those kids have never seen a game in their life. They, I mean, were they not chatterboxes all the way home? And I'm talking about weeks later, every time we bring up Gators football, those kids just, their eyes light up. They are so excited. So we are so grateful to you for what you did. I mean, these kids, especially that one youth, he was sitting right beside you that day. He went on and on and on and on and on. And he was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to move to Gainesville. I'm going to go see Mr. Jeffrey. And I'm like, wait a minute. Don't go to his house, you know. <laughs> he could come to my house. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, because Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, mm-hmm. one football game a year we get 100 tickets. Wow. And next year we're going to do it again with your group as well as others and uh, encourage young kids, like you say, who have not experienced it. We take that stuff for granted. Like, we want to go to a football game, we figure out a way right. uh, how to go. For a lot of these kids, that's not even an option. Mm-hmm. And they, they once they experience certain things, they may see a different side of life that's a little happier, a little more uh, exciting. They can brag about it to their yeah. friends. I got mm-hmm. to go to a Gator game. And that matters when you're trying to build self-esteem. We're going to take a quick break right now for 60 seconds, and then we're going to be back on Melden Law and Friends. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the game of penalty shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melden Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I am Jeffrey Melden, and I want to welcome our guest, Helen Hayes, and Lauren Federico. Uh, we had a very interesting uh, first half of the uh, uh, the interview here, and I want to thank you very much for coming, and I know our office has had a blast working with you. Uh, helping children who are in need, is, at-risk children, uh, is really a, uh, one of my passions. I've always felt like uh, the, the opportunity to take a kid at 11, 12, 13, 14 years old and make a difference in their lives is one of the greatest gifts we can give to them as well as to ourselves because there's nothing more gratifying than uh, seeing success. You're you're obviously going to be dealing with some kids that just don't get it the first time and you may have to keep coming back and back again and never give up. 
Uh, and for good reason, because they haven't been used to success in their lives. Um, what are some of the success stories you can uh, share without using names about kids who have really turned their lives around? Well, you had one just recently. Which one? The one from St. Augustine? CB? Oh, um, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I know, so we have to use initials because yeah. we can't be like using That's names. That's right, I okay, said so without I using think, names. Because I have a large caseload, so I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we, um, I had a youth where um, he was struggling, really struggling, and he ended up having to go to a program, and then he came out. When and, you say a program, you mean a res A residential program. So what happens yeah. was he committed a, a type of uh, crime, and then the judge sentenced him to go to a program for, I think it was like 12 months. So it's, it's like a residential program. The kids look at it like going to jail. Right. But some of these programs that they have are right, very therapeutic. So mm -hmm. they work on behaviors and things like that versus not focusing on the crime itself. Mm -hmm. So this individual, um, he needed a lot of therapeutic um, counseling and because he had uh, these type of behaviors that warranted him to have to be somewhere to, for him to get his wake-up call. So he got out, and then he came out, and he was just like, what do I do now? Because, like, the honeymoon phase is over. Once you get out, you're like, I'm free, I'm free, you know? Then they start sitting around. So if you don't get to them immediately, too much time is going by, then they're going to start falling back into their old patterns of behavior. So once I got a hold of him, okay, that's the right terminology, but I did get a hold of him. And so we, um, we talked about, okay, you have your high school diploma. What are, where are we going from here? So he worked really hard. Um, he had some issues with his license to get his fees paid off. And then we mm -hmm. got him into the technical college where um, he, was, he started his um, career um, in welding and in HVAC. So he started working really, really hard to get into that program where it paid him $270 a week, which is probably what he would have made if he was working like at a fast food place or something. But it placed him in an environment with other adults, which is a more positive reinforcement environment than to be going somewhere else where he had to worry about, am I going to slide back because now I'm seeing my other friends. So we had to surround him and say, you know, you need to ask yourself this question. If what I'm about to say or do, is it going to help me or is it going to hurt me? So you need to keep that in the back of your mind in every decision as you're moving forward as an adult. So he got in. He's doing very well. And uh, we just and we stay in touch with him. And the kids always still call back. Even after we discharge them, they still have your number and they still call you. We still reach out to them. How you doing? Do you need anything? So just because we discharge them successfully from our program doesn't mean that we cut off everything with them. We continue to follow them as they're moving through. You know, it's, it's amazing because you can actually uh, do very, very well if you have a background in, in a technical uh, skill. You know, being mm -hmm. a plumber now or HVAC, yes. a lot of those people make uh, a lot more than teachers do. And that, uh, you know, nowadays it's hard to find anybody you know, to even show up at work because everybody's so busy. Right. So it's a great time for young kids to get uh, tactical training uh, where they can live a very, uh, you know, comfortable middle-class life and and be proud of their achievements. And I know Santa Fe has a lot of programs right here in uh, Gainesville. Uh, do any of your students ever go to the programs at Santa Fe after they finish up uh no i don't my youth are in the i cover putnam flagler and st john so mm -hmm. i'm in circuit seven because this is circuit eight i believe right mm -hmm. so i work very closely with uh st john's river state college right. in palaka mm -hmm. and also in uh st john's county right so you those schools have technical programs they as do well. they do a lot of folks that are listening if you know kids that are kind of lost uh, these technical programs at the uh, what we used to call junior colleges or community right. colleges and mm -hmm. are are amazing and I would highly encourage um, you to reach out to young people and maybe get them 
interested in what they can do. They, they may not uh, want to go into an academic program, but they may thrive in, in other settings. You're correct about that, because a lot of kids are just not ready to go to the normal college environment. So therefore, a technical college is a perfect fit for them. So you get them in there where you're working with an instructor, you have a lot of hands-on. Some kids are not academically you know, ready for sitting there going through the school books, but that hands-on, and that's where our mentorship program comes in. We reach out into the community. So what I'll do is I'll go and look at all the different shops in Putnam, St. John's, even if, you know, if it's going to help someone over here in Gainesville. And I'll ask them, are you willing to take on this kid? He may need to do some community service hours, or he, he needs to find out what he wants to do in life. And so if they take that child under their wing, okay, and they start working with them, teaching them how to change a tire, let me teach you how to change, you know, the oil in a car. And then that youth is like gravitates towards that, saying, oh, yeah, I like doing this. Then now what you've done is the people in our community, all the businesses that we reach out to, and we can always use more, um, they, they may just offer them a part-time or a full-time job as they're working their way through school. And that's another thing that where we're falling short a little bit is that we need some more help in the communities to help us place these youth in, in some type of job placement, even if it's voluntarily at first, and let them prove themselves, which was what we all had to do as we went through life here. Um, we had to prove ourselves into that job. So does this, does the state help with you mentioned, I think, you know, you can get a salary like 265 bucks a week or something for kids that are, are working. So the state does not do that. What the navigators program is, it's a, it's a federal funding and it's a scholarship program and it's only for the youth that are in Putnam and St. John's. So each circuit needs to reach out to their technical schools and their state colleges and find out what type of programs are available. You have to do your homework on that. So you gotta like get in there and because there's money to be found, you just have to get out there and find it. Well, I think it's, it's really encouraging to find out that number one, there are programs out there and that you can actually inspire a young person to reach for the stars, in, at least in their own mind, by um, getting involved in something. They're, they're making money. And I know when I got my first job, whatever money I took, is, it was actually, I started out as a, as, as a lifeguard. I wasn't so good as a lifeguard. I, I was better <laughs> as a juvenile probation. No, I'd stay up late at night during the summers because it was a summer job, right? And I'd stay up late with my friends, and then I'd have to show up at work at 7 in the morning, and I, wow. wasn't, I, was, I would fall asleep as a lifeguard. It was horrible. Oh <laughs> I'm leaving the flag. <laughs> <Never> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so anyhow. I, I, I think the idea of really um, getting kids involved in something where they see some benefit right away. Oh, I'm getting a paycheck. Oh, I'm in a new environment. I'm not being harassed by my uh, friends. I, I don't have to be embarrassed. I can, you know, uh, wear, wear a uniform. I can do this and be proud of myself. Makes all the difference in the world when you're talking about uh, kids that have not had that experience in the home. Yep, it sure does. So what are some words of wisdom? We've got about a minute left here. And, uh, you know, first of all, uh, uh, can folks contact you if they have at-risk kids or do the kids have to come through the juvie system? They unfortunately have to go through the juvenile uh, uh, system. Um, but, I mean, we do. I mean, Helen, for example, she has kids that are contacting her. They're not in the system at all, and Helen's helping. Yeah. We have a transition specialist up in Circuit 3 who's doing the same exact thing. He's, like, recruiting kids from the streets and just getting them enrolled in whatever we can. So, so, so how would they get a hold of Project Connect? Uh, they could go to our website. Um, it's uh, projectconnect.org. Um, or they can get in contact with me. Um, my email address is on the website. Um, it's lauren.federico at twinoaksfloridafl.org. Well, that's great. And uh, Helen, I want to thank you and Lauren for joining us today. It's been great. And I'm really inspired by the work you do. And Meldon Law will continue 
to support everything that Project Connect does. Thank, thank you for having you. us. Thank, thank you so you much for so your support. Much. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. And this is the end of this edition of Melden Law and Friends. <laughs>